Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you had a wonderful summer. Shout out to the balcony back there. I see you. Yeah, balcony. Woo. My family and I had a, had a great summer together. Summer was kind of the quieter time of life for us. A couple of trips, see family. We get speaking at Camp Spalding. And this is a picture of, of Esther and Bella and River. Hopefully, family picture coming up. There you go. Esther, oldest, and Bella and River, and my wife, Janelle. And we had a, got to have a great finish of summer last weekend at Silverwood Amusement Park nearby. It looks like this. We had a little glimpse of a little fun we had there <laughs> in action. <laughs> we had a great day together. We as a family... <laughs> We as a family are so grateful that we get to be part of the Whitworth community, and we hope we get to know you. If, we see, if you see us around, come say hi. We'd be delighted to, to get to know you if we don't know you already. Well, I was thinking recently, besides your choice to come to chapel today, what do we all have in common in this room? And one thing we have in common is we all chose to come to Whitworth. We all made this choice to come here, and we didn't know it at the time, but, but making that choice is something that would change all of us, make all of us into different people, because of that choice we made to make Whitworth a part of our lives for a long time or for a season. We're going to come back to that. At Chapel Worship here, we start every school year focused on the center of our Christian faith, the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so each fall semester, we preach on one of the Gospels, rotating through. And this year, we get to preach on the Gospel of Mark. And today, we begin right at the beginning, Mark 1, 1. There, Mark opens his account of Jesus with these words. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Is anyone here in writing one right now? Anyone in writing one? How about anyone taking writing one? Come on, yeah, yep. Well done. You all know then in writing one, one of the things you learn about is making a clear thesis statement, right? Explaining what you're going to say so everyone knows and understands. Well, I think Mark was a good Whitworth writing one student. He, was, he maybe took some of that somehow. And he gives us his thesis statement right at the beginning. This is what it's going to be all about. This is what this is all going to be. And so the next 16 chapters explain this thesis statement. Let's take a little closer look at it. The beginning of the good news. Good news is another word for gospel, right? Gospel. This account has a character to it. It's good news. Like Steffi says, I like this. I have good news and good news. Which one do you want first? <laughs> this is how it is. The good news of Jesus. But this good news of Jesus is not just wishful optimism. It's grounded. It has a foundation, a cornerstone. And that, that cornerstone is actually a person. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Mark tells us. It's good to remember that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Forrest Buckner, Jesus Christ. It's not how it works. Christ is actually a title. means the Messiah. This is the one that the Jewish people were waiting for. The king who had come in the line of the great King David and fulfill God's covenant promises to God's people and also fulfill through, through them God's purposes for the world. See, this good news is about Jesus, the king, Jesus, the Savior. But not just that. Mark finishes with an even more dramatic title, Jesus, the Son of God. See, this Jesus is not just a great person or a prophet. He actually is the unique Son of God 
who comes in authority and power, the authority and power of God, the authority and power to change things. This Jesus is Messiah and King and Savior and Son of God who's bringing and embodying good news. This is Mark's thesis statement. And like any good writing one student, he goes on from his thesis to substantiate his claims. But Jesus does it a little differently than we would expect. He doesn't, oh, sorry, sorry, Mark does it a little differently than we expect. Mark doesn't just describe Jesus. Mark shows this. If Mark's, Mark's gospel is what I like to call the action gospel. If Marvel were making a movie about Jesus, they would use Mark as the screenplay. And I think it'd be a little unfair if Jesus was in with the Avengers. It'd probably make for some boring movies because they would dominate even more. But that's, that's the kind of thing that Mark is doing. It's the action gospel. And in his gospel, he provides pretty little of Jesus' teaching. But instead, we learn from what Jesus does. Throughout Mark's account, one consistent theme is the way that people and structures are confronted and transformed when they meet Jesus. Everyone who meets him with an open heart emerged somehow different from the encounter. Physically healed, emotionally restored, communally reconnected, (laughs) perspectively reoriented, vocationally redirected, spiritually delivered. And our theme for this semester is this. This changes everything. Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. Each week, we're going to experience the transformational good news of Jesus as we see Jesus' encounter with someone he meets in the Gospel of Mark. So in our time left today, I want to just take a quick look at a couple more verses from Mark 1, where we get a slightly fuller introduction to this one who changes everything. And we face the question of whether we're ready to open ourselves up to be changed by him this semester. Mark 1, 14 and 15 says this. Jesus, hopefully you can be up on the screen, or I'll do my Bible, (laughs) says this. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is Jesus' first press conference, the first description of his mission statement, his first words out of his mouth. And the focal point is the statement, the kingdom of God has come near. How has the kingdom of God come near? Well, Mark's already told us. It's come near because Jesus is there. Jesus, the king, is there. Okay, we're going to back up a step and ask a couple questions. What is a kingdom, anyway? Well, a simple definition, maybe oversimplified, but a simple definition is a, king is a kingdom is a place where a king has dominion, where a king rules. That's a kingdom. Well, what does a king do? Well, a good Jewish king had three main jobs. We see this in Psalm 72 and King David. Three key jobs. One is to ensure the faithful worship of God. The second is to secure the right treatment of people, especially the vulnerable, And the third is to protect the people by defeating their enemies. So if Jesus is the Son of God and the King, then we would probably expect him to fulfill those three elements of what it means to be a good king. 
And he does. In his life and death and resurrection, Jesus fulfills all three of those. Carl, let's put those back up, actually. We see that he, he, in, his, in his life, he ensured the faithful worship of God by revealing to people the heart of God's laws in his life and teaching. Think of the Sabbath regulations. And he opened the door to faithful worship of God in his death and resurrection. We know that Jesus sought the right treatment of people, consistently caring for the sick and the outcasts and the broken. And he secured the right treatment of us all better than we deserved in his death and resurrection on our behalf to rescue us from our helpless alienation from God. Jesus also defeated the enemies of God's people, casting out demons in his life and in his his death and resurrection, defeating sin and death and evil once and for all. Jesus is the king, the true king, who leads us in faithful worship, provides the right treatment of all, and defeats our enemies. So how do we respond to this king? What do we do to a king? Well, we submit. We surrender to him. In Jesus' words, we repent and believe the good news. We turn away from any other kings and turn to this king and say, will you be my king? One way I think of this is think of, think of a, a really intense teacher or coach you had. I had lots of coaches who were like this. I remember a, a choir teacher I had who was so intense. Everyone was terrified of him. And whatever he did, he said in that classroom, you did it. You didn't mess around. You did it. That's what we do with a king. Whatever they say, we do. But maybe you had an experience like this too. In that, in that choir, I had an incredible experience because he was a good teacher. Not, not just terrifying, but also good. And so we had an incredible experience together as we made music and community in ways we never could have done on our own. This is what happens when we surrender to this good king. One more thing I want to notice is where this king comes. You'll notice he comes to Galilee. Galilee? That can't be right. That's not where kings go, to a no-name region in the north of a tiny no-name country in the middle of nowhere. That's not the spot. That's hardly a truck stop on the way from Egypt to Persia. He doesn't even go to the capital of that no-name country. He goes to the middle of nowhere in northern Israel, Galilee. To put it in our terms, he hasn't come to the hipster, Google and Amazon touting, island-dotted, astronomically-priced west side. He comes to this place in eastern Washington that most people think of as a pleasant fuel stop along (laughs) I-90. Then he doesn't even go to that basketball university with the catchy mascot name, (laughs) but makes his way up north to this university near the rural part of the country. And that's where the king comes, to the edge of things. Jesus, the king and son of God, brings his good news to the edge, to us. So if you're feeling like you're on the edge, on the edge of faith, on the edge of the social scene, on the edge of being good enough, on the edge of Christian faith, on the edge of the Whitworth community, Jesus brings his good news to you. If we at Whitworth feel like we're on the edge of things sometimes, Jesus, the King, the Son of God, brings his good news to us here today. The King's coming to the edge and bringing good news. Y'all can come on up. 
So this leaves us with just a couple questions. This king's come. Is he my king? Is he our king? Will we open ourselves up to be changed by this king as we meet him anew this year? Remember that choice we all made to come to Whitworth? Not knowing what changes would come? Somehow we knew enough to say yes, to sign up to be a pirate. And we knew that in our time here, we would be transformed. What if we all, what if we all made a choice to be open to Jesus this semester, to King Jesus this semester? What might he do to transform us individually and as a community? See, there's good news. Jesus, the King, the Son of God, has brought God's kingdom near. May we turn from every other king and be open to be changed by him as we meet him today, this week, and this year. Let's stand and sing to that God.